You're on a mission and you just need more people to know about it. And whether you're brand new to marketing or a seasoned pro, we are all looking for answers to make marketing decisions with purpose. I'm Monica Pitts, a techie, crafty business owner, mom, and aerial dancer who solves communication challenges through technology. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. Hello, everybody. I am pretty excited about answering all of your email, marketing, Q&A, everything that you throw at me, right? So you guys can put your questions in the comments and I'll field them. And if not, I'll just start talking about email marketing as I know it and as I see it. I asked my husband what he would ask about email marketing and he asked me what email marketing was. And so that was absolutely no help. Uh, But he is rocking some really great dad jokes right now, (laughs) Um, which I pretend to completely ignore. So that way um, my kids can ask me and then I can give them the credit for the dad joke. So what are two witches living together called? Roommates. Yeah. Okay. Or um, how do you fix a broken jack-o'-lantern? With a pumpkin patch. Okay. And last dad joke for you today is um, what do ghosts eat for dessert? Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So I... I also want to make an announcement. We did just add a live event to our free year-end giving. We weren't going to do this event. We've done it for a few years, but we were like, ah, we're not going to do a live event this year. But I had a lot of people asking about it. And so we're going to do a webinar. Four tips for a successful year-end giving campaign. It is a Cliff Notes version, a very quick Cliff Notes version. (laughs) It's 45 minutes. And we're going to cover what activities work best to promote your campaign, best days to ask for donations, how to build your support team, and then I'll share with you my essential campaign building rules. So if you're wondering what to do, where to start, or how to get people to help you do it all, then you're totally in luck because I'm going to cram like eight years of marketing experience into 45 minutes and eight years of fundraising marketing experience. I've certainly been marketing for longer than eight years. Okay, so um, since when I asked my husband, he had like almost nothing to offer, I, I tried to think back to what questions were asked when we did an email question and answer session with our Como Gives participants. And we had a lot of people concerned with how many emails to send, when, how, like how to send them, like what's like the physical technology behind it, and then how to segment your lists because we talk about list segmenting often as email marketers, because it's one way to increase the effectiveness of your emails. As with any marketing, like the more personal you can get with a message, the more effective it's going to be. So first, I want to thank my Como Gives participants who like gambled with me last year on doing more email marketing, because I'm telling you, it totally worked. And I know that it was hard and and you guys were like, why are we doing this? But Thank you for taking my crazy advice last year. Last year, I just want to let you know, Como gives participants that you brought in $152,027 in donations from emails that I could track last year. And like tracking email donations can be a little tricky because so many people use 
webmail to check their email. So it's not quite as easy to track as all my other traffic. So 5.82% of the Como Gives website visitors came from email. So that was 3,391 visitors that you sent from your emails. That's 136% more than the year before. So I know that you're, you sent those emails and I really, really appreciate it. And you brought in 9.4% of your total donations from email visitors. So that's up 2% from the year before. Um, and I also have to thank our email donors from Como Gives because last year the average email donation was $343. So that's $70 more than it was the year before. So they were super, super generous. All right, so we have our first question. How do you handle an email campaign when your members do not like getting a lot of emails? All right, I think we should start with segmentation. <laughs> Um, that was going to be what I was going to talk about last, but that is how I would handle it, right? So when I say segmentation, that can sound complicated. It might sound like something you've done before. Maybe you're already doing, but the goal is to communicate with people about what they personally need to hear, right? So you're going to have to send a lot of emails to communicate with people, but then also, what do you need to say to people that's going to get the best results from that individual person? Because you all have more than one audience that you're communicating with all the time, right? You have donors, you have event attendees, volunteers, board members, you have the people that you serve. So all those people are individuals that you might want to talk to about year and giving, right? But not all those messages sound the same. So first, I would... Um, separate those relationship types. Like what are the different types of relationships that you speak to in your organization? And then think of segmenting like you're going to create a special wish list for each of those audiences about how they can help you with your organization or help you with your year-end giving fundraiser. Um, so ask yourself like how could this person be involved? How could they help? Right? Could they do a peer-to-peer? -peer? Could they offer matching funds? Could they make a donation? Maybe share a post on social media? make a thank you card, purchase on Amazon Smile, or like scan a Procter & Gamble receipt. Like I just saw that in my Sam's ad this morning. Did you know that if you scan a Procter & Gamble receipt, it'll like go to one of these five major charities? I thought that was kind of cool. If you're one of those five major charities, then maybe that could be beneficial to you. But if not, you potentially got Amazon Smile, right? Okay. So then you're going to have that wish list, right, of what you would like them to do. And you're going to send them a few emails about what you would like them to do. Um, so obviously you're going to ask them for something that they can do, right? Because not everyone in your audience can offer the same level of support as others, but I don't, I don't want you to count people out either because I feel like there's a lot of organizations that are definitely serving people who are financially challenged, but those individuals still have something to offer. They are some of your best supporters because they know firsthand the amazing work that you do. And so they have something to offer. Like, even if you're financially challenged, you still have Facebook and you can share a post and it can get in front of someone who could make a donation because they know what an amazing job that you do for these constituents. They could write a thank you note for you. They they probably buy cleaning supplies, right? Or they might be ordering things from Amazon for Christmas for their families. And so they can help you out even inadvertently by just adjusting some of the processes that they do in their everyday lives. So I don't want you to count anyone out, but those people would receive different emails than say your board and your 
very involved volunteers or you get what I'm saying, right? So then for the people that you might want to do peer to peers with or that might be able to offer matching funds, you could have like a big blanket email that send out, out to them first, kind of just like planting the seed. And then you'll want to have an individual conversation with them, either via email, if you talk to them via text, if you pick up the phone and call, right? So those would be individual conversations with those folks. Um, so ultimately, you're just going to start with each audience and consider how you want to com communicate with each and then go from there. Um, for example, if you don't want to email people who've already donated because you don't want them to have even more emails, then you would export your donor list and you would import it into your email marketing software in a list for like 2021 year in giving donations, right? And then you can exclude those people from the next set of emails. I'll often also send emails only to people who have opened or clicked on an email. So I won't send it to everyone again. I'll only send it to the people who showed interest in it, right? So that works well if you have a really big list uh, or if you, but if you just have a small list, you might need to send it to everyone every time. Um, yeah, so hopefully that does give you some ideas on how you might communicate with people who don't want to have a lot of emails. Make sure that you're, once again, emailing them about something that they are directly concerned about, right? So you're going to segment that list, divide them into groups, and then make a wish list for them. What do you want those people to do? And talk to them about just that, right? And then you can say, all right, well, these people, they clicked, so I'm going to email them a follow-up. Or these people, they opened, so I'm going to email them a follow-up. Or these people haven't shown any interest or opened or clicked, and so I'm going to send them a follow-up. So just think to yourself, like, what does that communication look like? And, and you can set up your email campaign so that way you are communicating enough, but you're not blowing people up. Okay. What type of email would I send to the people who never open or click. So what I do, okay, yeah, you're going to look into my brain for a second here. All right. So the people who never open or click, I like to tease those people. I call this my teaser email. So the first email that I might send out, and you guys will probably get this email, it's like very direct subject line. It's like webinar, November 11th, four tips for a successful year in giving campaign. Very direct. You know what is in that email. I'm going to explain to you what happens at the webinar. You're going to be able to register. Boom. Right? Okay, so the people who don't open or click, um, well, opening, those are two different things, right? So let's just start with don't open. So the people who don't open, I'm going to send them a teaser email. What that teaser email would be like is you're going to take a, you're going to make a subject line that is, I don't want to say clickbait because that's kind of gross, but think about a subject line that's going to make them open it. What's something that they really want to know or learn about? that's that subject line of that email. So you're going to give them value. You're going to give them a story. You're going to interact with them in this email. And then at the end, you're going to ask them to do what you want them to do. Um, so uh, for example, like back to the webinar example, for me, I'm like, hey, these are the three days that you need to focus your year-end giving energy on. Or these are the three best days to ask for donations at the end of the year. And if you're like, well, I want to know that, right? Uh, I'll tell you that in a second, actually. <laughs> but um, so you're like, well, I want to I see that. And so that's your teaser email, right? And then you show them, like you give them the answer in the email and you're like, this is, this is good stuff, right? And you want to learn more, so you'll come to the webinar. So think about how you can do that with your donors. Like 
we do some emails in the Como Gives campaign where we're like, you guys are incredible. You helped these, you know, such and so people and such and so wants to say thank you. You know, what is the thing that's going to make them want to open and read that email? And, and it's, I guess you can call it a bait and switch. I call it a tease, but ultimately you're just, it's not a direct um, subject line. It's an indirect subject line. That's something that they want to know. Um, if you're an animal rescue organization, don't open this email, cute kitty pictures enclosed. They're probably going to open it every time, <laughs> right? So tease them that way and then be like, hey, these are the cutest cats ever, aren't they? We took this picture during the season when we have tons of kittens in the shelter because, you know, people don't have their cats spayed and neutered or, you know, whatever it is. So you understand what I'm saying? Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> okay, so keep firing away. I am here to answer your questions. As I'm waiting, I'm going to go into the question of how many emails to send, because I know everybody always asks me that. And my answer is a lot, like a lot more than you probably feel comfortable with. If it doesn't make your tummy hurt a little bit, you're probably not doing it right. I have the same visceral reaction to it, friends. Like you're like, God, I don't want to send all these emails. Um, it's just a tool of communication, right? And we want to talk to people. So right now, I feel like you should be sending an email that's a save the date email. Be like, we're doing Given Tuesday. It's it's in a month, right? Um, so send that save the date email now. Also schedule an email to send the day before Giving Tuesday. It's amazing how many people donated on Como Gives from the email that we sent them the day before the campaign launched. It's because that's just the one that's at the top of their list. And then um, after that, you would focus most of your communication around those three big giving days, Giving Tuesday, December 30th, and December 31st. That's when you're going to send those emails. So as May Create is marketing for Como Gives, um, our local year-end giving campaign that's powered by the Community Foundation of Central Missouri, like every year for the last eight years, 10 to 20% of our total donations for the whole month come in on Giving Tuesday. So it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then on December 30th, we get another 8 to 9% of our total donations. And we almost always get around 16% on New Year's Eve. So that's when the energy is happening, right? I mean, that's like, what, 30, 46, 46% of all the funds that we raise in Como Gibbs come in those three days. Those days have great momentum. And that's when you should be sending your emails. And you should send multiple emails on Giving Tuesday and New Year's Eve at least two. Your first one's going to be like, give, please, please. <laughs> and and you're awesome. Thank you. And then, then the second one's going to be like, hey, here's how it's going. If you haven't give, do it now, right? Um, and if you need a complete lineup of emails, like the dates that I would suggest sending emails, you can download our free Giving Tuesday email templates. And then they're out at maycreate.com. And then if you need to have, um, if you want like a full lineup of email templates, then we have those available as part of our year-end um, giving training uh, package. All right, so I know that I just told you that you have to send a lot more emails than you probably are comfortable with. But first, I like like I said, if it doesn't feel a little uncomfortable, then you're probably not doing it right. I'm not saying you should feel like really gross about it, but I do like you're going to have to feel a little bit that that's what marketing is. It's going outside of your comfort zone and asking people to do things right. So last year, I was sitting 
on vacation with my kids on Giving Tuesday. I'm sitting next to this woman who's like the president of a company, like a multi-million dollar company. And I'm like, hey, man, I really hope that everybody sent their Giving Tuesday emails today because it's so important. And they don't think that we need to send all these emails. And I was, I, you know, I was venting to her. And she said to me, Monica, I am so glad when people send me multiple emails because I'm really busy and I have the intention to give, but I have to be reminded multiple times to do it because I just brush it aside because it's not urgent and important. So she's like, you tell them that I say that they should email me multiple times. So I'm telling you that right now. And also note, like if you're freaking out because you feel like you're sending too many emails, that people have their emails set up differently. So your messages not e might not even be getting to their inboxes. Like most email marketing comes to my promotions or my updates folders. So I don't see them at all until I'm in there looking for something else. And then if you're in there, like I'm looking for the coupon from whatever. Um, and then if you're in there, I see that, right? But you have to be in there. You have to be up at the top. So just realize that not everybody gets every email. And so it does make sense to send them multiple emails. And then the other thing is, is that if you are feeling like super gross about those emails and sending them, just remember that your email isn't crap unless you make a crappy email, right? So write an email from the bottom of your heart, write an email that is so filled with gratitude that if somebody reads it, it's going to make their day. It's going to make them feel incredible because they read this email, right? So like when I'm writing the emails for Como Gives, I write them like from the bottom of my heart. I'm just like, man, these people are so incredible. Our donors are so incredible. Wow. And I tell them that in every single email, I tell them how much I love them, how much we appreciate them, all the good that they're doing. And as I'm writing the emails, I'm like, yeah, I know that I'm emailing these people a lot, but if they open this email where I'm telling them, all the amazing things that our nonprofits are doing and that they are an amazing and incredible human being for helping us do it. And they're mad at me about it. Then I don't want to be their friend anyway, because I know that I am like, I would love to get that email. Right. So those are my, like, um, my, my brain teasers there for you. So as you're writing all these emails, remember if it doesn't feel a little uncomfortable, you're probably not sending enough. Realize that people do need to be reminded more than once. Also remember that not everybody uses their email the exact same way. And so they're not going to get every single message. And then last but not least, really focus on gratitude because that gratitude is going to go a long way. If you would open that email and feel good because you read it, then you wrote a great email. And if people open it and they don't like you telling them that they're awesome, all right, they can jump off your email list. The heck with them, right? <laughs> okay, friends. So. Other questions, do you guys have questions maybe about what I just talked about, about segmenting, about how many emails to send that I can answer for you right now in this Q&A session? Oh, thank you. I appreciate, somebody said this is always so helpful. Thank you so much because sometimes I just feel like I'm like talking to myself. And so thank you for your positive feedback. I really appreciate it. <laughs> okay, um, actually before like I did my, um, before I wrote all my year in giving emails, <laughs> I went back and I watched my training from last year on year in giving emails because I was like, I feel like I'm not sure where to start. And so I, I watched my own training <laughs> and I thought, wow, I can't believe I forgot that because it just wasn't like on the checklist, right? Okay. Um, not that I'm the smartest human, just that it was helpful to be reminded of the things that you sometimes forget as you're getting into the mix of writing. All right. So um, 
how to send your emails. Because that's, I get a lot of questions about that, especially from people who are new to email marketing. They're not sure what software to use or what technology is the right thing. Okay, so um, first, I just want to let you know that if you have a super small list, you can certainly send emails from your normal email account, right? And there's definitely some amazing drawbacks to that. And I'll let you know in a second what that is. Um, <laughs> But there are definitely emails that you need to send from your personal email account because they are more personal asks, right? If you're asking somebody to participate as a peer-to-peer fundraiser, if you're asking somebody to do matching funds, definitely send them a personal email from your email address. It's a personal email. It's not a marketing email, right? So other than that, though, I do get emails from people's personal emails. I don't think that it's the best plan. The reason it's not a great idea is because you can't really tell if your emails are working or not. And if you want to get better next year, then you have to have that data. You have to know if they worked. You have to know if people opened, if people clicked. You have to know that stuff. Because if nobody opened, then your subject lines suck. And you need to write better ones, right? And if nobody clicked, then maybe you didn't have a very good link. Maybe it wasn't big enough. Maybe it wasn't high enough in the email. Maybe the link didn't work. I can't tell you how much I review data to make sure that things are working. It's totally crazy. Even just yesterday, I was looking at our year-end giving training um, list and I said, huh, there's 50 people in year-end giving training, but there's only 30 people that got the welcome email. 50, 30 I mean, I'm not great at math, but I realize that's a problem. And then I looked at it and I thought, they're not even in the list. What just happened? And it turned out that somebody had like unchecked the box someplace, right? Whoa. Well, so we don't want that same thing to happen with your donors. And you can't see that kind of stuff when you're just sending them from your normal email address because you don't have that data. You don't have any way to check it. Um, so I feel like you need to use an email marketing software to send them. I actually reviewed three different ones relatively in-depth as part of our year-end giving training. I feel like <laughs> I could go on for all of them in excess because I've used them a lot and I know what I like and don't like about them. Um, but really, so before you even start looking at a system, I want you to look at what you already have. This is one of my favorite campaign building rules. Look at what you've already got before you go out and try to find something else, right? And I will go over those all my campaign building rules in the four tip, tips webinar, <laughs> um, like not ad nauseum because it's only 45 minutes long, but yes. Okay. But this is a big one. A big one for people marketing on a budget is look at what you've already got. So if you already have a donor management system and it does email and it tracks some stuff in your, about your emails, then I would use that. Like I would not go find another one. It doesn't make sense because they're already there and all the information's there and you can segment really well. And so you you would use that system, right? Even if they're not the prettiest emails on earth, I think I would still use the system because you already have it and you already pay for it. So that's where I would start looking at them. Um, and then most people start with MailChimp, I feel like. I want, so for MailChimp, it's free up to 2000 subscribers and your plans start at $10 a month for 500 subscribers. Now here's the deal though. With MailChimp, you can't schedule emails until you have a paid package. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> you can send RSS emails and I won't get into what those things are because that's not what we're talking about today, but I really like those. Um, but yeah, so 
if you're looking at MailChimp, just realize that it you're going to have to pay for a plan. But they started at $10 a month for 500 subscribers. So that's not bad and it's not terribly expensive, but it will give you your data and you can segment with it and it's a great tool. Another one that we use is MailerLite. It's free for up to 1,000 subscribers for 12,000 emails. Okay, so you could send 12 emails for free. That's pretty good. Um, and then plans start at $10 a month and you can schedule emails with it for that free package. So that's good. I like it. It's, it has different drawbacks than MailChimp, but there you go. And then last but not least, we also use SendinBlue, which is another email provider internally. And it's free for unlimited subscribers, but you can only send 300 emails per day. <laughs> I know. Don't you like how they limit you? Anyway, um, so that one starts at $25 a month. And if you don't have a donor management system, I would totally look at SendinBlue because it comes with... Um, a relationship management system built into it. The other ones do not. So, but so that could be really cool to look at as like an inexpensive solution. Um, so outside of that, I would say just make sure that when you're sending your emails, you send them from a person that your recipient communicates with on a regular basis, because that's most likely to get it into their inbox. So yeah, there's there's the how to send them. To recap all that goodness, <laughs> you're going to use an email software to do it. If you have one as part of your donor management system, use it. Yes. Okay. And then I, I covered a few of them. Realize that all of them are different. They limit you in different ways. Make sure that the emails are sent from somebody that they know. And, and last but not least, just to bring us way back to the top of that conversation, some of the emails that you send should be sent from your normal email address, but those are personal ask emails, not your marketing emails. Your marketing emails, you don't necessarily want those to come from your um, normal email account. You want them to come from a marketing software. That way you can track and make sure that they work. If we don't have more questions, then um, let me do a quick recap and then we can head on out of here, right? So first we talked about how, like, what are we going to do when, like, you need to run an email campaign and your members don't like to get a lot of emails? And remember how we jumped right into segmenting and we said, we're going to think about the different types of people that we're communicating with. We're going to make a wish list of what we want them to do. And then we're going to plan out the communication and talk to those people just about what we need to talk to them about instead of trying to talk to everybody about everything, because that's going to get us better results. And then we talked about how we can also choose what types of email we send to people based on their activity. So we can send an email to everybody, and then we can send another email to people who opened, another email to people who didn't open, another email to people who clicked, right? Just depending upon their activities, or maybe we just send one. I, it's just... Think about your wish list. What do you need people to do? And then take them on that journey. We talked about how many emails you need to send. And I said, send lots. Um, if it doesn't make your stomach hurt a little bit, you're probably not doing it right. I don't want you to throw up, but your stomach should hurt just a little bit because that's what good marketing feels like. Um, and then with those emails, just remember that it, it's okay to send them, right? Because not everybody gets all the emails directly in their inbox. It's okay to ask people more than once because they're busy 
and focus all those messages on gratitude because if people don't love hearing that they're awesome, then they should not be in your email list anyway. And you don't want to be friends with people who don't like being awesome. <laughs> and then last but not least, we talked about how to send those emails. And I really think that we need to look at finding an email marketing system that works for your organization, whether it is part of your donor management system or um, MailChimp or MailerLite or SendInBlue, any of those that we covered today, definitely find one and use it because if you don't use one of those, then you won't be able to do the tracking that you need to do to improve your email marketing next year. Because at the end of this campaign, what you're going to do is you're going to go through and you're going to look at all the stuff and you're going to say, hmm, I sent this email. How did it go? I sent this email. How did it go? Are there similarities between the two. You like do your detective work after the campaign ends. So that way next year you can do an even better job. You're going to build on this campaign and these set of emails for next year. So that way you can do them again. But if you don't have the data, you cannot do that. And I go way far down the rabbit hole in your in giving training about that <laughs> because I really, well, I like it. I like, I like data. It's so much fun. Okay, friends. So if you don't have any more questions, just um, one last reminder, save the date. We're going to do our free webinar, Four Tips for a Successful Year in Giving Campaign. We weren't going to do it, but people kept asking about it. So, well, I already have the slide deck, so let's just go ahead. Let's all get together and do it. We're going to spend 45 minutes and we'll cover what activities work best to promote your campaign, the best days to ask, how to build your support team, and then I'll go over my essential campaign building rules. Okay, so if you're wondering what to do or where to start or how to get people to help you do it, then I'm going to cram my eight years of fundraising marketing experience from comelogives.com <laughs> into 45 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, friends. See you soon.